Welcome to Digging Into a Bible. Hey, hey, welcome to Digging Into the Bible. My name is Jim Barnard. This is a production of Taylor Coaching. All right, it's lucky day number 28. Thank you for joining me. Uh, today we are wrapping up Romans chapter 11, and it feels like the end of a, 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 a pretty big section of this letter Paul's written to the Romans. He's been talking so much about the Jews and the Gentiles and election, and you know these theological concepts uh, almost feels like he's belabored it for a little bit too long, uh, if I'm being honest. But um, you know, every day has come more good stuff, and so hey, man, I'm not going to really complain. But um, from you know, from after today moving forward, we have um, more uh, different new theological concepts coming towards us. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to give you that heads up. With that as the backdrop, let's go ahead and dig in. This is Romans chapter 11, starting at verse 25. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written, The Deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob, and this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience, so so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Oh, the depth and the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given him a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. All right, so Paul pulled out the thesaurus and and chose some really great vocabulary words. Irrevocable, I always have to slow down, make sure I'm saying that right. Irrevocable and inscrutable. Such great words. I love it. Good job, Paul. Irrevocable means um, unable to be changed or final. Um, inscrutable means impossible to understand or interpret. And I, I would say that you know both of those really do describe um, you know who God is uh, of sorts. You know, ir- ir- irrevocable, unable to be changed. Yes, like his nature and his character can't be changed. Now, we can pray to him and ask him to change his mind on certain things. Um, there's a concept of open theology that says, you know, um, you know, maybe God hasn't made a firm decision on all things in the future. He allows us to um, intersect with him and to, you know, kind of shape how things will play. And that's awesome. That means our prayers are, are worth something. Um, but irrevocable and inscrutable. This is uh, who God is. So we've been talking so much about the Jews and the Gentiles, how um, the, the law revealed our sin. It didn't fix it. It couldn't do that. It was never designed to do that, but it revealed our sin. Um, also the issue of election. Do we choose God or does God choose us? 
Um, I shared about my Calvinistic friend who preaches as though he's an Arminianist. Um, it's a hard issue, man. I, I, I lean towards Arminianism um, for the same reason that my friend shared. Um, but the truth is, is I don't know. Like, I just don't know. I have no idea. But God does. He knows because he's decided all this stuff. Like, these aren't open issues. These are firm issues for him. And he can choose whatever he wants. Um, I, he, he does seem, you know, like if I'm going to be honest, he does seem a little inscrutable uh, to me. But, uh, you know, just sometimes, just sometimes. Just when I think I'm beginning to understand um, him, who he is, how he works, something happens and I realize that I really have very little concept. Um, he's revealed himself to us, you know, obviously through scripture, through his creativity of nature, through prayer and through the Holy Spirit. Like I'm so thankful that he has revealed himself to us in certain ways, but there still is a lot of mystery when it comes to God. There's like so much that is unknown and he leaves it purposely mysterious. Like it, it's, it, it's something that he's like decided that he wants. And that begs the question of, well, why, why would God not reveal himself fully to us? And, you know, I, I, I think that the answer is, is because faith and hope depends on it. If you call back to Romans 8, 24, this verse is so great. For in hope, I'm sorry, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes what he sees? And I think that, you know, hope and faith can be used interchangeably here. I could insert the, the word faith instead of hope. For in this faith we were saved. Now faith that is seen is not hope is not faith. For who has faith for what he sees? You know, I think that that concept is like absolutely at the core of, um, you know, our, our like eternal soul and like the, the like deep need to have answers. But like we, we just can't have the answers. We have to have hope and faith for what's unseen. We have to have things that are mysterious. If God just told us everything and just in like locked down our lives and just, you know, made us believe in him, like it wouldn't be actual belief. So, um, in light of this, I don't need to know all the answers about, um, who God is, what he's about, what he's determined, what his theology is. Um, I, I don't need those answers to believe. God can save anyone he wants to. If he wants to save people that are just following the law, you know, like I've, I haven't been great about following the law. Um, you know, certainly like I've driven a car on Sundays. I haven't done the Sabbath very well. Like things like, like I, there's things about the law that I, I haven't done and I've just been resting on grace on that. Now the Sabbath's really good guys. If you, you aren't taking rather regular Sabbath, do it. But you know what I'm saying? Like the goal isn't perfection. The goal is to realize our sin and that we are unable to save ourselves. And so we need the, the grace of Jesus. Um, I doubt I'm ever going to change um, God and his irrevocable nature on any of this stuff, the stuff that he's decided. I'm just going to focus on celebrating the grace that I know I've been given because that's the one thing that I don't think um, I could be <laughs> uh, inscrutable about. I, I think I have been given grace. No, I need to say it stronger. I know I've been given grace. And I, I hope you know that for yourself. I hope that you, that's um, irrevocable and inscrutable for you, that you know that you have grace and that your eternity is secure.
So with that, um, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I will see you tomorrow as we continue on to Romans chapter 12. I will see you then.